Yes, hello and welcome to episode two of Excessive Screen Time. My name is Eddie and joining me as usual every week is my, my young friend and confidant, Indy Dads. Indy, how are you today? You've been coming off out at the back of a bit of COVID. Um, how are you feeling? Are you back to normal? Um, yeah, mostly. Still got a bit of a sore throat, but it's fine. How did you How did you find the seven days isolation? What were you doing? It was amazing. I was just watching my favorite movies over and over again. Watching. What did, what, what did you watch? Fill us in. Um, I started Django, yep. which I've started to finish again. Um, uh, I watched the new season of Stranger Things. Oh, what did you think? The whole thing. It was good. I don't. I'm not like obsessed with it like some people are, but I think it's a good. It's good to just binge. Yep, agreed. Easy, um, easy viewing. You don't have to think too much yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, rewatching The Walking Dead a lot again. <laughs> yeah. I'm going through the Alien series again. Okay. Nice. Just a lot of stuff that I've watched and enjoyed a lot. What about outside of the? Did you read any books? Um, were you reading any comics or anything like that? Um, I did. I did. I got two new Spider-Man comics. Cool. Um, I haven't um, haven't read them all yet, or just haven't read them yet. But I'm excited. Fantastic. Well, I thought we'd start off today. Um, we've of course got our week hot content um, topic, which is coming up next. But before we get into that. Um, I think there was a, a TV release during the week that was very relevant for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was the uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming out on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's been in the works for quite a while. I think it was meant to be a movie initially um, and then Lucasfilm changed their minds and it's become, a, I think, a six-part special event is what they're branding it as. So it's not quite a TV show and it's not quite a movie. It's somewhere mm-hmm. in between. Um, but, yeah, what did you think of the two episodes that we've seen currently? I, I actually loved it. I... There are a couple of like specific characters and moments that I didn't like. Um, but overall, I think it's like, apart from maybe The Mandalorian, because that was really good. Phenomenal. Yeah, the best live action um, uh, Disney Plus Star Wars series. Wow. And it's the live it's action. High it's very it's high praise. Yeah. Uh, I say live action because there's the Clone Wars, which is a very, among fandom, a very high-held series. Yeah, indeed. I've heard a lot of people raving about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 go, I go into these Star Wars, I don't know what I expect every time. I, they're, they're, not, they're never going to reinvent the wheel, are they? They've found yeah. the formula that they know works yeah. um, and they're going with it. What I was sort of hoping for was that, you know how Mandalorian, it's it's kind of back to that, you know, there's the shepherd and the flock, you know, you've got yeah. um, the Mando and, and um, what's his name, Grogu, and Mando sort of looking after him. And I was kind of hoping that we'd go down a different path with with this show, with, uh, but it seems that we're going to just get the same old Obi-Wan yeah, looking after was... Leia. Sorry, but we'll better, better give a spoiler alert for everyone as well. But, um, yeah, I kind of thought they'd go in a different direction. I thought we were going to get some sort of detective drama or something where Obi-Wan's trying to find a, find, um, solve a mystery or something like that. But it, yeah. it does seem like we're going to get that old formulaic, um, yeah, protector, protectee sort of relationship. What did yeah. you think about that? I think I think we will, I think they will go somewhere different, but I think they're just kind of sticking to what they know for the first few episodes because everyone loved The Mandalorian, how it was like that. I think they're kind of making the first couple of, episodes or parts of it a bit more like stuff they've done and then I think they're going to just 
twist because I do know that um, Hayden Christensen is coming back. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't really think anything like that's been done. Um, but prove me wrong because I don't know that much about Star Wars. Yeah, well, I, you're right. We haven't seen Hayden Christensen since um, Return, Rise of the Sith or whatever it was called, yeah. the third movie. Yeah. Um, speaking of, how good was the uh, the recap before the first episode of Obi-Wan? Did you watch the oh, full recap? I watched the whole – I was, like, about to skip it, but then – I just thought to myself, I'm going to end up screen recording this and just saving it on my desktop because I just loved it so much. It was so – it told a really big story of everything that Obi-Wan went through in the – like the span of 20 seconds. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I didn't think it would be that big. I wanted to ask you actually um, because, again, this is like we discussed last week with Spider-Man. The two of us are coming from different eras when it comes to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I grew up on the prequels. Um, Obviously, our dad grew up on the the sequels, the the episode four, five, six. But for me, it was um, episodes one, two, and three that were – what I had when I was growing up. What? How did you? What was your journey into Star Wars? Which which of the which of the content did you consume first? All right. Well, I'm I'm young, so I grew up. The first movie that came out that was actually relatively near to when I was born, it was um, whatever the seven is. Yeah, I can't even remember because I hated it. I absolutely despised it. I did not watch it first, though. Lucky for me, I watched it in chronological order. I started with the Rebel series, which I just kind of dropped out of. <clears throat> I don't know why. It was really good. I just couldn't bother. Um, then I started with one, two, three, then went to four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Um, not seven. I then I did watch seven. It was horrible. I it's I don't like it was just disgusting. <laughs> I'm and I'm being nice by saying that. I think you're being harsh, to be honest. I no, quite enjoyed it. I thought absolutely disgusting. Number thought- seven. Force Awakens, I thought it was fantastic, actually. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's bad, but it's better than the other sequels. Yeah, it's better than it's better than episode one, Phantom Menace, for sure. Um, no, whether it, no. No, you like Phantom Menace no, more than I Force love, Awakens. I love the prequels. Okay. I mean that's I, that probably that probably gives a good illustration of where we're coming at um, this new Star Wars show from. I, yeah. If I had to choose, I'm definitely a a, a, um, a sequels four, five, six sort of operator. I didn't. I mm-hmm. quite liked the prequels. I think they had their, their moments. I did not like Phantom Menace. I thought it was terrible. Uh, but the other two were good. I, the one that has really stuck with me for quite a while, and that I saw twice in cinemas, was Rogue One, um, which I thought was, was yeah, that was really good. Yeah, which I thought was an absolute triumph, um, and I, that was see that was what I was kind of hoping Star Wars, the, this new Obi Wan show, would be just showing a different thing that we haven't seen before. But I just yeah. feel like we, I just feel like we've already seen this before, right? Um, yeah. But I'm not sure. What, what were the highlights of, of Obi Wan, the first two episodes for you? Um, seeing Baby Leia fall over was <laughs> it was peak for me because I just hated her character. Yeah, I really did not like her. But just as well as when Obi-Wan went into the the fake Jedi, I yep. don't know the actor's name, but I just love him because I'm seeing him everywhere and he's hilarious. He was good. Uh, Kamal, I think his name is. Um, he is everywhere yeah. at the moment. Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah. He was good. That was a good scene. I enjoyed that. Yeah, like when he came in and then he just totally like the fake Jedi tried to trick him and yeah. it just wasn't working at all. It was hilarious, but also like 
wow, Obi-Wan is so cool. <laughs> he is very cool. He is. He's my favourite character by far. Yeah, I think one of my worries sort of going into this was that I wasn't sure that there was much depth for Obi-Wan um, because in the prequels he didn't have a lot to do and obviously in the sequels he had almost nothing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But he was good. They, they showed a depth to him that I hadn't really contemplated before. I loved his horse or whatever that thing was that he was feeding um, the offcuts of meat. thought that was yeah. a really nice little touch. Um, I enjoyed seeing Baby Leia. I think we probably got too much Baby Leia. Um, yeah, and definitely. It's, yeah, I'm not sure that um, whoever's writing these episodes is the best at sort of creating um, children's dialogue. She didn't yeah. sound, at no point did, did I think, oh, this girl's 10 years old. I, I'm going to get, I, I know that that's sort of the point is that she's more mature, but yeah, yeah it didn't, didn't ring um, hugely true. Like as a baby, it doesn't really line up to how she was in the original. Yeah, agreed. Um, but overall, I thought it was a solid start. I, I, I liked that we got to see that new planet. What was it Deku or Doju or something? Um, yeah. Was the new planet that they had us on, which was uh, interesting. That's kind of what I was hoping. I mean, it's really that Blade Runner dystopic sort of um, yeah. dark and rainy society, which was cool. You see the dregs of society in there and the bounty hunters hunting him. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Keen, I'm keen to see where they go with it. What, what about the lowlights? What didn't you enjoy out of Obi-Wan? Um, Baby Leia. Again, I just hated her. I don't even know why. Yeah. Um, I also didn't love the start. I think they led it in to believe that when there's, like, the Jedi in the little cafe thing. Yeah. I think they led it too much for people to believe that it would be Obi-Wan. Yep. Agreed. I do like a bit where they went with it. Like, he goes to see Obi-Wan, then he just leaves because he doesn't like believe in the Jedi anymore yeah. and then we'll see him in the next scene dead. I liked that. But have I just you, as a side note, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Um not yet. Okay. I've seen like a like a brief overview of it on YouTube so well, I know the yeah. basics. Well, essentially that opening scene with them in the cafe looking for the Jedi, almost as I was watching it, I was like they have nearly carbon copied this from the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, it was. I, I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. It was cool. Um, I mean, Christoph Waltz is more intimidating than whoever the actor was that was playing the head Inquisitor. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was a good scene. That was actually probably the highlight for me was um, was seeing that. I liked the idea of these Inquisitors going around hunting Jedi. Um, yeah, I did like that. I thought that's a good little twist. I'm excited to see what will happen with that. Um, I'm, I'm unsure about where this sort of psychopathic female Inquisitor, the third sister or whatever she's called. Yeah, I don't I'm un- unsure about where that's going to go. Um, but overall, I'm, I-, I thought it was a good start. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I wasn't put off by it like I have been put off by some other Star Wars content, um, notably mm-hmm. I think Episode 8, which was uh, one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, yeah. As a related note, have you seen the new trailer for Andor? I've not. I don't even know what that is. Ooh, you're going to love this. Um, it's, like a, it's like a background story to how the rebels, uh, the rebel base sort of gets built on Andor. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And it looks fantastic. It looks so good. Um, stars Diego Luna, um, who has been in a lot of good stuff. Uh, it's, yeah, I've, the teaser trailer is out, came out four days ago. That mm. looks like what I'm after from Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend taking a look at that. Um, before we move on from Kenobi, what were your takeaways from the first two episodes um my takeaways were that um i'm not sure that it's targeted at me um Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not sure that i'm the target audience for it which i I kind of i understand Uh, i know they i I can sense that they're going for a younger market um i think i'm probably five to ten years too old to really appreciate 
sort of the, the vibe of it. Whereas I think, like you say, you it hit your vibe quite perfectly. That's what you're after with your Star Wars. Yeah. I think I'm just a bit, like I said, I'm a bit over the formulaic stuff. I want something different. I want them to show me a, a Christopher Nolan Dark Knight. Um, yeah. I want, like we discussed last week with uh, with Moon Knight in Marvel. Uh, I'm keen for I'm keen for an expansion of the universe that I yeah. haven't seen before, and I just feel like I've seen this before. Um, like we're on Tatooine again. I've seen too much of Tatooine by now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking for something different. I'm hopeful that I'll get that out of these last four episodes. I think they, this, these first two might have been to just draw us in. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I will of course be watching it because there's no way I'm going to not watch yeah. the remaining I, four episodes. Um, what you said with Christopher Nolan, I think I really do hope that there is going to be something out of Star Wars that can be a lot more dark and yeah. adult. Like in the comics and stuff, there's a lot of actually scary things like um, uh, Blackwing Project is basically like a zombie virus, mm. but it's actually quite terrifying. And I really want them to actually incorporate something like that into a series or mini movie or something like that because I think it would be really interesting. I'm, for, I'm like, right there with you. Yeah. I'm right the there with you. You actually grew up with it to see other sides of stuff they haven't seen that like expanded out from it. Definitely. Um, and I think that's why Rogue One I really hit a different nerve with me because – yeah. I mean, like you say, like um, Force Awakens was basically a carbon copy of every one of the previous movies. Um, so whereas Rogue One was completely different and you got a different sense out of it, you left, the, you left the cinema feeling different. You know, when Vader comes out at the end and starts bossing everybody, it's a different feeling. Um, like when, like, this is where the villains actually win. Exactly. Which is a kind of problem I had with star wars a little bit growing up is that the heroes always win always yeah which is something i don't actually love whereas rogue one inverted that which i yeah i enjoyed yeah. a lot um, i like um infinity war in a way yeah exactly right um exactly right so um and i'm hoping one more thing i'm hoping for the next few episodes from uh, obi-wan is can we just let obi-wan use his goddamn lightsaber for god's sake like, oh, I let, know. let him That's go my, ham with it please my favorite saber of all time yeah just let him go nuts like i don't care yeah. what he's doing he can be chopping things in the desert like chopping up rocks just let him go ham with it is all i yeah. ask um well, that's enough Obi-Wan chat. I wanted to get into our piece of hot content for this week. Um, and it's not quite as hot um, <laughs> because it came out a little while ago, but yeah. it's been something I've been wanting to talk about with you for a while because um, it's something that I feel like we're going to have some real crossover in because I think it combines a few of our interests. Um, it's something that I, um, it's a movie that I loved. It's a movie that probably the best movie I've seen in the last 18 months, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I was an avid, avid fan coming out of it. And that's the movie Dune. Um, so before we get stuck into it, I want to find out your background. Did you had you read the Dune book before the move? Before um, you saw the I movie, my um, a lot of people had recommended it to me, saying it's something that I'd really be in. What with my Star Wars background and yep. stuff like that, I never got into it though because I just kind of that was around the time that I kind of shifted into comics, so I mm-hmm. never really got into it as much as I probably would have enjoyed, but. After seeing the movie, I really loved it and I thought one thing, that it was a little bit slow. Like the way it ended with them just walking across the sand, I didn't exactly love that. Mm-hmm. I think they could have incorporated a bit more action. I know there was with like the war and Josh Brolin, that like scene. I did like that, but I think they could have incorporated a bit more action okay. rather than 
um, what it was. But I do, I did actually quite love the movie when I came out of it. What I'll push back on with that is that I think they need, um, there, there is some of that exposition that's going to be really important later when it comes to the later movies. Yeah. I think there's a trilogy coming out. Um, yeah. I agree that parts of this movie were slow, um, yeah. but I think that it's going to become apparent why it was slow over the coming movies. You know, the stuff about how important Spice is and what the machinations of the sort of um, interplanetary uh, trading system that they have going on. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there's going to be more to come with that. What, so w- when you went into this movie, um, what I asked you last week was how did you feel coming out of it? What was, what was the immediate feeling that you felt as you left the, the cinema? The first, the first thing I felt and that I said in my head, like people were talking to me, they were saying, oh, what did you think? I didn't respond. I was just thinking in my head, I really should have read that book. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing I thought. Really? I like, How could I be so stupid? Because I think it would have um, pinpointed a lot of the slowness in the movie. I think if I read the book, at least one of them first, I would have just gone, all right, um, then this is going to happen. And then I'd be surprised because they might have changed a scene. And then I'd be like, I really like that. It's a different turn. Yep. I just think it could have added something a lot better if I read the book. That is great feedback. Um, and it's, so I want to touch on that a bit later as well. But I, I, I kind of came out of it glad that I hadn't read the book because I enjoyed it so much without the book. And I knew that yeah. the, book, the book was going to add things that I didn't know and that I knew that it would kind of augment my love for both the book and the movie, if that makes yeah. sense. Whereas yeah. sometimes if you go in and you have read the book and you watch the movie and it's really disappointing, it kind of sours the book and the movie for you. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's probably a broader question I want to ask you. What, what are your thoughts on, on books being adapted into movies as a general, as a general well, sort of premise? What do, you, what do you think? Thing, I think it's actually pretty good with like the Spider-Man movies being such a success. They came from comic books. That's technically a type of book. Of course. Same with Batman. Um. And as well with The Walking Dead, I think they adapted that very well um, from the kind of graphic novel that it was into a like an award-winning series. I'm going off topic here. but No, um, please, continue. Yeah, a lot of other books like Fantastic Mr. Fox, that is one example of when a book is changed so much from a book into a movie that it's just become perfection. Like yeah. the book and the movie are both spectacular that's a great call because i think what can kind of happen sometimes is the movies try and replicate the books too closely um and it's just too hard with a lot of books mr mr fox being one of them and the movie went on a completely different tangent basically to what the book like they're they're, they're two different texts like you you can't even recognize them really they're they're completely different um book readers i know some people um who read a lot of books and then a movie comes out of that book they're expecting something different from their book. They're expecting it to be changed. And they're like, all right, what's going to happen? And then it's just the exact same story. Yeah. I think um, uh, what's an example? I can't even think of an example right now, but there have been lots of movies that my friends, my family, and me have all seen after reading a book that we really loved. And thinking that they're going to make a new, like, twist or turn or spin and then it's just the same story. Yeah. Like, directors who make movies out of books have to make it different. Otherwise, the people who read the books, grew up with them, love them, 
are not going to be surprised and that's not what you want with an audience. You want them to be taken aback. Well, I kind of think, I think you kind of have two options. And I think what you've just said there is one of them. You can go and try and surprise people maybe by chucking in a new character or a different storyline yeah, or something. something like that. Or you can absolutely nail the adaptation and get the feel and the vibe and everything completely down. And a few examples of that that come to mind are The Lord of the Rings, obviously. Um, yeah. The way that encapsulated everything those books was about um, is amazing. I don't know how it was done. It's just incredible. Um, another one was Fight Club. I don't know if you've seen Fight Club, but... That book um, was brilliant and the movie was arguably even better. I think, weirdly, one of the better adaptations I've ever seen um, is uh, the Sally Rooney book, um, which they which she made into a movie, uh, which they made into a TV show, Normal People. Um, have you read or watched Normal People? Um, no, I haven't, actually. It's probably, it's probably, like it's probably not of, your vibe. Yeah. I did want to read it, but then, like, I read the blurb and watched <laughs> the trailer and it just didn't look like my kind of thing. I think give it five years and then have another crack at it. But yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's it's more, it's a bit slow. It's a bit more lovey-dovey. But the way that was, the way they turned that into a TV series, I, I, they, I had, because a lot of it's just dialogue. And I was like, how the hell are they going to make this dialogue interesting enough to fit into a into a TV show? And they yeah. managed it. What are your, what are your favourite sort of book to movie adaptations? Well, Mr. Fox, like it has to be one of your favourites. Of course. It's, just, it's, it's amazing. Um, as well as some other Roald Dahl books like Danny, Champion of the World. That was a really good movie. Yep. Um, I was at the football with Dad and I didn't want to watch it. I mean the football, so he just sat me down in his office, put the <laughs> computer in front of me, put in a CD that he had, and I fell in love with it and I just couldn't stop watching it wow. for the next couple of weeks. That was when I was like six or seven. That's great. But I still do love that movie. Um I can't even think of a lot of any other ones apart from comic book ones. Well, um, well, let's get back to Dune then because yeah. um, we've gone off in a bit of a tangent about books, but I want to—I really want to talk more about Dune. And I want to know: um, Have you had you heard before you watched Dune? Had you heard of the director Dennis Villanueva before? Um, no, I've—I heard of his name, but not as a director. I just saw it in some article. So I want to read you some of his movies that he's he's directed recently. Um, Blade Runner 2049, um, excellent, very, very good movie. Yeah, I've heard that was really good. Arrival in 2016, which frankly is, uh, if it's not the best movie of the last decade, it's close. Um, it's fantastic. Sicario. The one with uh, Jeremy Renner. It's the one with Jerry, Jeremy Renner, yeah. Have you have you seen that one? Because that is one of my favourite movies. No, ever. I've seen a lot of the trailers though, just like those ads. You should definitely watch it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's phenomenal. It's so good. Um, it gets better on second and third viewing. Yeah, he also directed Sicario. Um, he's obviously going to direct Dune Part 2. Yeah, this guy this guy is a, is a great pick to direct this movie um, because he sort of gets that. He gets that... Um, how can I say this? The, the the beauty of Arrival was that it wasn't like an aliens invading sort of thriller, you know. Not yeah, like I think in, that's happened a bit too much. It's happened too much, like Independence like, Day, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's not like yeah, exactly. They don't come in all guns blazing. It's sort of it's more analyzing the impact of what happens when they come, which I think mm-hmm. is the same. The same can be said of June. There was a, there's a world in where June was just this over the top, um, you know, real blockbuster CGI everywhere. There's no sort of backstory. There's no exposition. It's just fighting. Yeah. It's just crap. But in, in, instead, we got this like really deep analysis of a family moving to a new planet and having to try and make the best of their situation. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I love with like um, Star Wars and Aliens. They're all just like 
aliens, we need to kill them. Not with Star Wars, actually. Um, but with Star Wars, it's more fighting, like yeah. good versus evil. But with Dune, it's kind of like more a society. Yeah. Rather than the Empire versus the Rebels. It's yeah, it's complex. Actually, yeah, like trade route and stuff. There's not black and white villains. They're sort of everyone's yeah. got their own agendas and everyone's yeah. trying to work towards them. Um, yeah, it's interesting. That, did you know that there's there's a lot of sort of theories out there that Star Wars was uh, inspired by the Dune novel? That that's where the idea for Star Wars came um, from. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually think that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, no. You can see some of the influence. I think Star Wars is in many ways a simplified version of what Dune is. It doesn't really. Yeah doesn't really mess with the politics as much whereas with june you've got the yeah the politics of the spice trade hanging over everything um as really important what did you think about the casting for this movie did you like um did you like timothy chalamet's and dia oscar's oscar isaac um i don't actually like timothy chalamet very much i don't know what it is i don't know if it's his look or his personality i just don't really love him right yep fair enough josh brolin i do love because deadpool 2 he was good Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War and Endgame, he was amazing, even though it was CGI. Uh, Jason Momoa, I do like, although I don't like Aquaman. I like him. Yep. Because he's just like that that brute. That um, he's like the Hulk side of the Hulk. Yeah. How there's Bruce Banner and then there's Hulk. He's the Hulk. Um, Oscar Isaac, I do love as well with Moon Knight that's Definitely. come out. He's just able to switch perfectly and it's almost as if he has some like whatever mark specter had there was like a syndrome or something it's almost as if he has that because he's able to just switch like instantly and it's amazing so he's a really good actor yeah i thought he was for me he was the the acting highlight of the movie i thought um that character was so difficult to play because he needs to be this sort of aloof um, high and mighty king who yeah. you generally don't really like in these sort of movies, right? Like generally that character, the king, is you kind of yeah. don't like him, you're a bit scared of him. But he plays it's... that and is able to give that soft side when he's sort of walking with with Paul and, and explaining why he has yeah. to do what he has to do. Um, it's hard not to like him it, even though he's a character that you're not really meant to like. Yeah, that's right. I think you're meant to sympathise with him more than anything. Yeah. Um, he's got... He's sort of out of his depth a little bit. He's yeah. he's not up for the he's not up for the the games that these other characters like Stellan Skarsgård as uh, as the Vladimir Harkonnen um, character. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac isn't quite on the same level, is he? No. Um, and what did you think about Zendaya? Is it is it was it a good move to have Zendaya in this movie? She was sort of barely in it, frankly. But um, just attaching her name to something like this does that give it legitimacy in your eyes or something? I think honestly, it was a bit of false advertising because they had a. <laughs> like at the forefront of the cast as well as advertised so much in the trailer. And I was like, what's going to happen? Like, who is she? And then we saw her in the visions and because it was such a long movie and the visions were mainly at the start, I was like, okay, she's going to come in, in the middle around there. In the, and then the middle came and I was like, what is going on? Where is she? And then the last 20 minutes she's there and it's just like, oh, they put her so much in the trailer. I thought she was going to be in more. Cause I do think, that she is a really good actor. She is. She I don't think they advertised her too much for how much she was actually in the movie. I but agree. I still think 
I agree, but I think again, she's going to have such a larger role in the second and third movie. So I think it would have almost yeah. been silly not for for them not to lean on her star power. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it definitely did feel like false advertising, doesn't it? Didn't it? She was in sort of every second frame of the trailers, yeah. and then you could barely see her when it got to the movie itself. Javier Bardem as well, I thought was really good in this movie. Um, he, I, I'm a sucker for Javier Bardem. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, yeah, overall, I thought the cast was excellent. I thought they nailed that. Uh, again, gonna, it's so hard to cast novels that are turned yeah. into movies, especially when the novel is written in 1963 or whenever it was written. It's so difficult, and I think they did a fantastic yeah. job. And, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, he's got his, he's got his flaws. He's pretty unlikable most of the time, I find, um, but I thought mm. he did a good job. What about the yeah. soundtrack? Talk to me about the soundtrack and the cinematography. The soundtrack I did, I loved because it was like, um, it was kind of like, native music to like what you'd expect because it's all like sand and stuff it was very like um what would like the chanting and stuff yeah i think it fit perfectly with the environment but um, not it didn't fit amazingly with like the characters because in other movies it's got like a character's main theme and stuff but this was like very vocal yeah soundtrack and i think that was that was good. It was actually a really good soundtrack. And Hans Zimmer as well. I mean, he, yeah, again, he, he, can, he can do no wrong, can he? Any movie good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I read somewhere that he was, like, creating his own musical instruments that have never been created um, before for this. So he was, for, for some of those native sounds, um, yeah. for those, especially the desert sort of, yeah, those those weird sort of yeah eerie sounds in the background, he literally created new instruments to um, yeah. to make those see so, and he won his second academy award for best original score so he's, he's amazing he is amazing and uh we can look forward to june part two he's already been announced as the uh as the sound director for that as well which is very yeah. very exciting um i've already asked you this but uh, the the follow-up question to how this movie made you feel was how did it make how did you feel about it in the coming days um because we spoke about this last week i find i feel differently about movies as the days go on, uh, Batman last week, I, I disliked more the more time after the movie. What about June? After 24 yeah. hours, what, you, what were you feeling about it? Well, my first feeling, like when I came out of the cinema, as I said, was like I should have read that book. <laughs> and then it was like when I first came out, I should have read that book. The, the movie wasn't that good. I think it would have been better with the book mm-hmm. and just not loving it. But then in the coming days, I was like, you know, I actually really like that deeper aspect of like a space thriller. It wasn't all good versus evil like Star Wars was, and I actually like appreciated it a lot more than I thought I would when I first came out of the cinema. Interesting. I love that. That's good analysis. Um, I came out loving it and only got more in love with it over the coming days. I think I, as soon as I got home, I remember jumping on my Kindle, downloading the June book, and then I think by the next day I'd already finished the June book. Um, I was that into it. I couldn't get enough of it. I tried reading the second and third um, June books and didn't really enjoy them. I think the first yeah. one is the the first one's the main one, and luckily that's I think that's the only one that the movies are focusing on. They're not moving on to any yeah. of the other books because there's like I think there's like ten or twelve of them or something. Um, but yeah, I was uh, yeah just I'm in love with this movie. I want to go and see it again. Um, I really love it. The, the yeah. weekly question that I like to ask you, I think I already know the answer, but what's one thing you wish you'd known before seeing this movie? One thing I wish I'd known is what happens in the books. Okay. So you- with any movie that I watch without first reading the book, 
I think it doesn't really have that element of surprise I was talking about earlier because um, I was just looking up some facts earlier and Dr. Kynes or Kins, mm-hmm. um, the one who like gives them the suit in the, mo- uh, in the book, she, uh, he, sorry, was a white male, but in the um, movie, they kind of morphed that character into who she is. And she's a black woman in the movie, which I really like. Yeah. Agreed. It fit, it fit way better than him being a white man. Um, it yeah. made so much more sense for it to be a, a woman of color for sure. And um, that character, I hope they, I hope they go into more detail with that character in the, in the coming movies, because it, it was, there was a lot to that character in the books. Um, yeah. And their backstory sort of explained the entire story in a way. So I'm hoping that they go more in depth with that. Well, you spoke, did you find out any more interesting facts when you're having a look at this movie? Um, the name Dune was inspired by sand dunes on, uh, I think, a beach in Florida. Oh, okay. Um, like for, uh, Florence or something, some place in America, uh, like a beach, and that's where the title comes from. Wow, um, there you go. I also found out that the director had been wanting to direct this movie or this trilogy ever since he was 14. No way. Really? Yep. That's a great fact. I love that. Well, that's probably why it's so good because he's obsessed with it. Yeah, and on Blade Runner, when he was making Blade Runner, he talked with Hans Zimmer about his dream of making the Doom film, film, and then Hans Zimmer was like got really excited about that as well and said, yeah, you should totally make it. I'll do this. I'll do that. It was and because he was a massive fan of the book as well. Wow, that is, that is a great fact. I love that. Um, I have one for you. There was a 1984 um, version of Dune, um, apparently mm-hmm. not particularly good by all accounts. Who do you think yeah, played yeah. Josh? Who do you think played Josh Brolin's character, Gurney Halleck, in that movie? Oh God, um, you're gonna love it. Uh, is it an actor that like I would know? Definitely. Ooh, it's Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Inspector Inspector X, whatever his name is in uh, in um, in the uh, X Men uh, series. Patrick, oh, what? Yeah, I know. What's he's his... like old though. I know he's so old. He was still he was around in 1984. Charles, Charles Xavier. That's what I was the name I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah. How crazy is that? So he played Gurney Halleck's character. Oh my god! <laughs> I, know. What the... I knew you'd love that one. I've just like searched up Patrick Stewart and I'm looking at pictures of him and it just doesn't fit at all. I know. It doesn't fit at all. Josh Brolin was such a better choice. I mean, it would have been good because he's a great actor, but still. True. I mean, the movie itself only has 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, so (laughs) I'm not overly confident on it and I haven't seen it and I don't plan on it. Um, Last question about this movie. Um, What's your star rating out of 10 for it? Star rating out of 10? Um, Eight. Eight. 8.5-ish. Yep. I love it. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a 9. And I know that sounds high, and I promise I won't do that for every movie we talk about. Um, but for me, this was just about as good as it gets uh, as a yeah. movie-going experience. I that's, absolutely that's loved fair. it. <laughs> Thank you, Ind. Thank you. I needed that. Um, the second topic that I want to move on to after June is our weekly topic, which uh, and I love doing this because I get things from you that I've never heard of before and that I need to try, and it's all fantastic stuff. Um, it's called Convince Me. And I want you to, you have two minutes to try and convince me 
um, to watch something that you're currently watching and enjoying. Um, it can be a mm -hmm. book, a show, a movie, anything. And I just you, you're going to present your best case to me as to why I should watch whatever or read whatever you want me to. All right. Well, my convince me for this week is Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. The series because um, it's really funny. It's like if Family Guy, Futurama and The Simpsons all had a baby, it's not as inappropriate. It's hilarious. It made me laugh so many times. It's got a very um, odd cast because a lot of the female characters are voiced by men. Um, and it's got a lot of references as well as, like, um, little Easter eggs. Like, one of the main characters has a secret tattoo. Um, and it's just got a really good fandom as well. A lot to watch, so it's good to actually um, binge. I think there's, like, 11 seasons. Um, and they've just and released a movie, just, haven't they? Uh, yes, this May. It came out already. Yeah. 24th of May. Um, Still haven't seen it. I want to go see it, though. <laughs> You've been trying to convince Dad to take you for a while. Yeah, I have. I really have. <laughs> um, well, that sounds great to me. Um, what I want to know is, is it the kind of humour that is going to appeal to me, do you think, as, as a person coming from a Simpsons Family Guy background? Is it along those lines? Right. It, it's a bit of a long shot, but... I definitely think it, it could. It's like, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me when I say this, but it's like Family Guy, but with the racism and the sexism turned down a mm -hmm. lot and the inappropriate to sissy turned down a lot. It's okay. not, not a lot, a lot to the point where it's like for kids, but it's to the point where someone like from this generation can actually be very, like, comfortable when watching it. And it's, it's, I think it's hilarious. So we have the same kind of sense of humour. We do. And if it's, if, it's, if it's like what you've described, that sounds perfect to me. I think I might have to give it a watch. Um, my partner, Willa, is away for the week. I'm all alone at home. So I've got plenty of uh, watching time on my hands. I think I might have a look at that tonight even. Yeah. Where, where can I watch it? What streaming service? Uh, Disney Plus. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'm hijacking my friend Rochelle's account for that for Disney Plus, so I'm all over it. Um, I'm going to try and convince you to watch Severance. Have you heard anything about Severance? Um, I've heard of it. Don't know a lot about it so at all. It's directed by Ben Stiller, believe it or not. Um, the, oh, the main yeah. character is Adam Scott, who is in the likes of Parks and Recreation, Step Brothers, yeah. um, that, that sort of stuff. He's absolutely brilliant. The concept is that... Um, he leads a team of office workers and whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. So when they leave work, they have no idea what they've just done at work. And when they're at work, they have no idea what they're doing at home. Um, so they basically oh. have two separate lives living at once. Um, it's a fascinating concept and it's sort of, ex it's exploring, I don't know, it's exploring all number of things, including sort of consent, like is the person at work okay. their own person or are they just part of the person who's not at work? Um, and, yeah, it, it is brilliant. It will it will change the way you think about, I don't know, not that you need to worry about this just yet, but it will change the way you think about sort of your life as a as an office worker and it will make you change your thinking. 
the way you think about consent and the way you treat um, people who who are, are working for you essentially. Um, it's yeah. fantastic. They've already signed on for a season two. Um, I didn't know Ben Stiller had this in him. I mean, it, it is it is yeah. fantastic. It's that sounds oddly serious. It's extremely serious. I know it's extremely serious. Yeah. But the best part about it is, I think we've got into this culture recently of um, shows like this. You know, the final episode leaves you on these enormous cliffhangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like it drags you back to yeah. season two. But the best part about Severance, what I loved the most about it, was it didn't resolve everything in the final episode, but it resolved enough. You know, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't finish it being like, oh god, I wish I need, I need another episode now. It was more like, I'm kind of happy with where I'm at. This was great. Mm. Um, so that's my recommendation for you this week. That's the one on Apple TV where he's like, his head is a little guy. Correct. But, exactly yeah. right. That's the one. Um, yeah. Give it a crack. I, I reckon it probably needs, if I was to give a number, it'd probably be, I think you need to watch three episodes to to get into it. Like if you watch the first one, you might love it, but I think you probably need more than one to get into it. Um, yeah. I was looking at that a bit when I had Apple TV. It looked pretty good. Yeah. I recommend. So I'll, I'll check that out. Cool. Well, thanks, In. That's about all we've got time for today. Um, I'm really um, happy to have you on this podcast. I'm glad that we've made this a regular thing. Um, we've now got a logo. Uh, I need to work on a. I need to work on an intro. Um, but apart from that, we're we're just about good to go and release. So hopefully, people will be able to hear this podcast on the wider networks in the coming days. So thanks yeah. for your time, and um, I'll speak to you this time next week. All right. See ya.